Greetings, Pelicans fans. I am Todd Graffinini, your radio voice of the New Orleans Pelicans. And it is time for an NBA Finals edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. It is hard to believe, but the finals are here. 85 days since the teams that were invited to the bubble went to the bubble. And now it's time to wrap up this NBA season. It is the Los Angeles Lakers representing the Western Conference against the Miami Heat representing the Eastern Conference. It should be very, very exciting. But I'm not going to do this alone. Let's bring in the television voice of your New Orleans Pelicans, Fox Sports New Orleans, Joel Myers. Joel, 85 days ago, we're thinking, is this going to actually take place? Are we going to get to the end of the season? And here we are. Well, Graf, because I was there for the first two weeks of it, at least the first two weeks of the playoffs, doing games for Turner for TNT and NBA TV, I saw how successful it could be firsthand. And, and the protocol and the precautions that the league took. So you have to congratulate the, the NBA and also the NHL for what they did because they had the proper idea going in. Uh, they advanced it very well. They spent uh, enormous amounts of money to make sure everybody was taken care of, everybody was safe. And I'm glad that the guys, for the most part, bought in because if you don't have cooperation, it's not going to happen. So, and then everybody makes sacrifices. So when the players got there, they realized it was a bigger picture. It was about the group, about the team, not about the individual. So you congratulate both the NBA and the NHL because it worked. It's been, and the games have been incredible because as Mark Stein and a couple of other guys have said, with this neutral site, it's 37 and 40 is the record for the home team. There really isn't. And it's right the way it has worked because we've seen exceptional basketball. And I know you're a hockey guy, and they were able to hoist the Stanley Cup the other night in Edmonton as Tampa Bay wins. So it is possible to hoist a champion and the Larry O'Brien trophy right. will be hoisted very, very soon. So, And, and by the way, I've got two cups in a row, Graf, because gotcha. <laughs> I won it last year, and I aligned myself with Tampa because Patty Maroon, Pat Maroon, who won with the Blues last year, went to Tampa as a free agent. St. Louis native, he won, and so did Kevin Shattenkirk for the first time, a former Blue. So I feel like I got a couple of cups because I was with the Lightning every step of the way after my Blues were eliminated. That's good stuff right there. All right, let's talk some hoops. Again, we're at the finals, but let's touch quickly on what we saw in the conference finals. Uh, the Lakers defeat Denver in five, Miami in six over the Boston Celtics. Were you surprised by either result? I mean, you look, uh, to me in the Western Conference, uh, Anthony Davis's three-pointer to beat Denver in game two was really the turning point. And then what can you say about the Miami Heat, uh, Joel? I mean, just you could pick a, a different uh, guy every night. I was going to say hero, but I would that would be a pun intended. But to me, Bam Adebayo was the guy who really stepped up to the forefront. Not bad for 14th overall. Not bad. After one year at Kentucky, and he, he can run. He, he's a great athlete, very similar to what Amari Stoudemire meant early in his career to the Phoenix Suns, rim to rim. He's going to develop an outside game, more of an outside game. Right now, he's got a decent face-up in the paint kind of shot. Uh, but to come through the way he did in that final game for Boston, pretty amazing. And or for Miami, rather, pretty amazing. And you went to the depth. 
I give Miami credit because it's very similar to what Toronto did last year. They added one guy. They added Kawhi Leonard. This year, Jimmy Butler was added. But Miami, Miami already had their young core together. By taking Hero this year, <clears throat> excuse me, 13th overall, bam, 14th overall a couple of years ago, and then developing your own, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, Derek Jones Jr., all three guys, undrafted players, uh, just investing in and the player development. Well, one of the best coaches in the NBA. So I really like the style of Miami. Everybody talks about their culture and their environment, and I think that's overblown. I think it's player evaluation, and they've got really good people in basketball ops. And that's why these finals are going to be so interesting. And, I mean, there really aren't a whole lot of storylines to talk about in the finals. I mean, with LeBron, the former Heat, going against his former coach. I mean, you, you can line up the things we can talk about in, in these finals. And this is exactly what the NBA wanted, the networks wanted. There are things to talk about. And, of course, you have to start with LeBron James, who won two titles in Miami, going up against his former coach, the culture, the whole deal. He's downplaying it. No one else on the planet is. No, he, he can downplay it all he wants. But, you know, uh, smiling faces, hidden agendas, Pat Riley's famous line after LeBron went back to, to Miami. So there are some good storylines from within. At the same time, ABC would have killed to have the Boston Celtics and Los Angeles Lakers. Can you imagine the teases and the flashbacks and all the, the way they would have promoted that from the historical perspective? But for our purposes, I actually think that even though my gut tells me the Lakers, I think that the Heat can really actually make it a long series and have a puncher's chance to win the series because they do have a couple of guys that know how to defend LeBron. Mm -hmm. That's the problem for Denver. LeBron just bulled his way. I mean, the percentage of points LeBron had restricted area in the paint. He just pulled his way to the rim. He didn't take a lot of outside shots to beat them. A 15-footer was a long shot for LeBron in that series with the Denver Nuggets. But Jay Crowder will probably be first. And then you've got a former Finals MVP in 2015. And you can see that Andre Iguodala knows how to defend LeBron, even though he doesn't match up physically. But his guile and his, his experience and what he can bring to the table. So it's going to be a team effort. And a way that Spolstra, and he's done a great job with zones, whether it's a matchup right. two, whether it's the box and one, to wall off LeBron. And then what do they do with Anthony Davis? So I hope as we get into the matchups that I, I would love to see Bam Adebayo on AD to begin the game, but that all depends on does Frank Vogel decide to start Dwight Howard? Does he go with two bigs? And then does Kelly Olynyk or Myers Leonard get dusted off? at the same time for Miami because they have, were not involved at all in the last series. We're talking with Joel Myers here on the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. It is an NBA Finals edition, game one tonight with the Lakers and the Heat. It's been talked about, but it finally came to the forefront if it was going to happen, and it happened. Incredible that this is a Finals with two teams that weren't even in the playoffs a year ago. How quickly things change, but look, obviously the Lakers got AD, that was a big part. But that trade in the middle of the year for the Heat to get Crowder and Iguodala to come in. Remember, Joel, the Miami Heat were in the Smoothie King Center the Friday before the 
year went on hiatus, and the Pelicans beat the Miami Heat right before we went on that road trip. So this is a much different team than we saw back in March. Yeah, different team, and one guy in particular has exceeded. Now, the last couple of games of the Boston series, he wasn't that impactful. But nobody anticipated going into the last couple of games that a 35-year-old would look like he was 25, but he was playing once again for the Phoenix Suns, Goran Dragic. So he's kind of an X factor for the Miami Heat. He dropped off considerably in the last couple of games and didn't shoot well. But Dragic is a smart player. He knows what he can do. He's a good spacer because he can make three-pointers, and he can get him into a half-court set. He's a good game manager, and he doesn't rush things. He plays at his pace and the pace that Eric Spolstra wants. So a couple of things working in Miami's favor there, that they do have that kind of experience in the backcourt. And then what is it going to be for the Lakers in the backcourt? And I only bring that up because they do start Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Danny Green. But when you bring Rondo into the game, and if he's going to play 15, 20 minutes a game, well, the ball is going to find him at the other end of the floor. And we saw that with the Pelicans. As good as he is at lobs and setting things up offensively, he is a liability at the defensive end of the floor. And the ball is definitely going to find him. So there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle. And then how do you slice up minutes? Because both teams basically went with seven guys towards the end of their playoff series. They didn't play more than seven, eight guys. So they trimmed down their, their rotations completely. Now do they expand it, especially Miami really went with only seven guys. Do they expand it because the Lakers play two bigs? Well, Miami also, Joel, can't shoot the ball the way that they did in the last couple of games and get away with it against the Lakers. Duncan Robinson really bailed them out in that sixth game because, frankly, Miami's outside shooting was really, really poor. I know Tyler right. Hero had that huge game. But Duncan Robinson has done this all year long. And really, the Heat have been, what, in the top three of three-point field goal percentage all season long. That dipped in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's got to go back up against the Lakers. Yeah, and there was – give Boston some credit, too. Mm -hmm. Boston's got length on the wings with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, who's in there more for defensive purposes than three-point shooting. They heard him because he thought – that he was casting threes and too many threes. And Jay Crowder did not shoot well from beyond the arc the last couple of games for the Boston Celtics. But as I bring up, let's not forget our old friend, Solomon Hill. Here's <laughs> the Pels are still paying that contract. Not really. But it, our old friend Solomon Hill, they got him involved, if you remember, in the last couple of games. And I think Eric Spolster did that to let Solomon know, I may need you and your fouls up against LeBron James. LeBron James is not automatic at the free throw line, as we've all seen. It's been better for him in the postseason this year, uh, but it's, it's not like he's an 80%, 90% free throw shooter. So they may put him at the line more often than let him get into the paint, see if he can hurt you there. Uh, but we may see Solomon Hill as well. There's multiple guys to wall off and defend LeBron. Denver did not have that option. Denver didn't defend very well against LeBron. And they had breakdowns. And then, of course, Jokic – the last couple of games wasn't a factor. He got in foul trouble. He got frustrated. His body language wasn't good. You can tell he wasn't the same guy as we saw over the first couple of games of that series. So that played into the hands of the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, especially after they complained to the uh, official, officials after game three. But we'll, we'll leave that one alone. Uh, this is fascinating, uh, Joel, because you've got the two best players 
in the finals in LeBron and AD. And then you've got on the other side, the depth and the team and the culture of the heat. It, it really is going to be fascinating to watch and see who's going to pull this out. Well, you got two coaches that really hang their hat and have defensively. When Frank Vogel was in Indiana, those five years, they were a really good defensive unit. They were top 10 in defensive efficiency just about every year. So then he went down to Orlando where they were in a rebuild and it was a mess and they were mismanaged completely in the front office. And that wasn't indicative of Frank Vogel. So he gets to the Lakers where he's got a couple of rim protectors. He's got JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. He's got LeBron and AD and AD, an exceptional rim protector and a, a top five shot blocker every year. So they got back to what Frank Vogel likes to do, and that's defend and go in transition when possible. Well, it'll be interesting to see how they match up because with, as we said, to me, the, the premier matchup of the series, and I hope we get it, is Bam and AD. Agreed. And AD, as gifted as he is, smaller guys, and Bam's only about 66 not. AD's legit seven feet. We saw where wings that were like 6'7", 6'8", whether it was Dorian Finney-Smith or the young man in, in Memphis, if they got physical and got into AD, he was thrown off his game slightly. So is, is that going to be the factor? And then how is it going to be officiated? Are they going to let them play? Or are we going to see a free throw fest? Because as Mike Malone said, after a couple of games where it was 35-23, Lakers plus 12 in a close game at the free throw line, Maybe I need to send video to the league as well. So hopefully the, we don't even know there are three guys on the floor, and I'm speaking to the three officials. Hopefully they'll let them play. And free throws aren't a determining factor where all of a sudden it's top-heavy one way or the other. Wrapping it up here with Joel Myers on the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. All right, it's prediction time. What do you got for me? Well, my gut says the Lakers in six. But I – not going to put anything past Eric Spolstrom. I think he is that good at what he does. Yeah, Pat Riley invested in him a long time ago as a video coordinator, then an assistant on Pat's staff. And you remember when LeBron got there for the 11-12 season, LeBron James went to Pat Riley after about 10-15 games. He said, oh, come on, Pat. You want to coach, don't you? Pat said, no, I, I like the guy I got there. Don't worry. Eric's my guy. And that has paid off because Eric Spolster is truly one of the best coaches in the NBA. So we've got two really good coaches. Spolstra way ahead of the game now defensively the way he's, he's mixing things up he has really shown the zone he's switched defenses the guys have responded to him they've bought in and he's got guys that like to play defense bottom line Iguodala likes to play defense Jay Crowder likes to get involved Bam Adebayo really athletic big so I, I, even though the Lakers have the skill the two top five players, as you mentioned, two, how many teams have two first-team All-NBA guys? Well, the Lakers do. It's not because they develop the guys. As Jerry West said, when LeBron went there, it wasn't exactly a difficult recruitment. And AD, come on, we know that story very well. So let's see if the guys they patched around AD and LeBron, whether it's Danny Green, who's long, a 33-year-old guard who's long and, and still can defend. Contavious Caldwell-Pope has been very good for them during the postseason. But it, does Dwight Howard get away with his antics, trying to get under a guy's skin? Are they going to let him pull that? And then, to me, the X factor more than anybody else, because I think Rondo will get his assist, and he'll, he'll be a factor to a certain extent. But I didn't see Kyle Kuzma that engaged, that spirited, 
in the last series. He averaged 10 over the first 15 games of the postseason with the Lakers going 12 and three, but he didn't look like he had a world of confidence. The body language just from a distance, and we don't live with those guys, wasn't great. So my X factor there is Kyle Kuzma. And then for the Miami Heat, can Goran Dragic get it back to where he was in the postseason before the last couple of games of the Boston series? Their backcourt in particular. And can Duncan Robinson, as you brought up, he had a good closing game against Boston. Previous game, he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat, as they say. So let's see if Duncan Robinson can stroke it once again, the same way he was earlier in the postseason with a great deal of confidence. So my gut says the Lakers, but I wish it was the best of 11, not seven. I want more games. So we hope it's a long series, and it wouldn't shock me if Miami prevailed. But my gut does say the Lakers in six. Well, the bottom line is this. There will be a champion crowned, and it's hard to believe, Joel, but one year ago today, one year ago today was Pelicans Media Day at the Oscar Sports Performance Center, and here we are about to be <laughs> about to get into the NBA Finals. That's <laughs> how weird and long. Yeah, hard to believe, Graf. It really is. Joel, going to enjoy it with you, and uh, we're going to get a champion crown, but thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, and let's do it again next week during the series. Absolutely, we will do that. Folks, just like all of you, Siki can't wait to get back in the stands with you to cheer on the Pelicans and sing along for our favorite songs again, using this time to make discovering buying and selling tickets to events in the Big Easy, well, easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is protected by their buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better if the event is canceled, guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today, and when the time is right, let's go. SeatGeek. I am Todd Gravanini. Thank you to Joel Myers. Thank you to Daniel Salerson who produced this podcast. We're going to talk to you next week as the finals continue. Enjoy the finals, everybody. This has been the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.